Well, good morning, everybody. I, I'm pleased to announce uh, that my oldest son, Garrison, is here with us this morning. Uh, he arrived late yesterday afternoon. Uh, we didn't think he was going to make it. Uh, first, we had to postpone his flight for a, by a few days, uh, and then when his flight was able to finally take off, uh, it was delayed twice. And that delay actually made it very difficult for him to catch his connecting flight in San Francisco. Uh, so he actually walked on with just a couple of minutes to spare, thank God. Uh, and then he got here, uh, but his luggage decided to take a trip on its own to San Francisco and stay there. Uh, so he is here in the clothes that he showed up in, and that's all he has. <laughs> so, um, But the worst part, for, especially for us parents, is that he had to go through all of these frustrations and issues all by himself. Um, there was no one with him to help share the burden. Have you ever noticed that it's, it's easier to do something difficult if someone does it with you? I'll give you a few illustrations of what I mean. When I was a young boy, I was involved in community theater. I had been in a couple of plays and had received pretty decent roles. Uh, I got the part of the March Hare in Alice in Wonderland, and, and then I was Michael Darling in Peter Pan. Uh, I was pretty proud of myself, and my confidence uh, was, was just off the roof for a while. But then the theater decided to do a musical. Now, keep in mind, I come from a family of singers and musicians. Um, my, my dad, my mom, my grandmother were all in the, in the choir of the church I grew up in. My mom and all my aunts would sing. Whenever we have a family get-together, they'd sing in harmony together. I was taught to sing at a pretty young age when my mom taught me to sing the melody while she would do the harmony. My dad loved to play guitar and sing songs from the 60s and 70s. Singing was a common and natural part of life for our family. But when it came time to audition for this musical, I stepped in front of the directors of the play, and they told me to sing a song a cappella in front of them. I think it was Happy Birthday. I froze. I couldn't do it. I, couldn't, I got stage fright. I just couldn't sing. <clears throat> After several minutes of coaxing, they finally asked if I would sing if someone sang with me. And at, with someone singing by my side, I was finally able to produce the confidence to sing. You see, there is comfort when someone is with us. Here's another illustration. Maybe you enjoy running for pleasure. I don't know why, but maybe you do. If you run on your own and you encounter a large hill and you're already tired and winded, wouldn't it be easier just to give up and walk that hill rather than run it if you're alone? Now, what if you were part of a running group and you encountered that same hill? Wouldn't it be easier to tackle that hill when you have people with you, encouraging you, spurring you on? You see, there is encouragement when someone is with us. My last illustration is this. Last month, my sons uh, had their friends over to our house for an American Thanksgiving meal. After the meal, they felt like they needed to work off some of the calories they had consumed, so they went into our garage where Gage has a bunch of weightlifting equipment. One of them decided to get a new personal record, or, or PR as they call it, right, Gage? And it was on the deadlift. Now, this friend hadn't done any training for over four months, and uh, he had previously tried to get a new PR in the deadlift, but just couldn't do it. But now, keep in mind, this, this guy weighs 60 kg, maybe, soaking wet, right? But with several friends standing around him in the garage, cheering him on, yelling, just spurring him on, he was able to deadlift 160 kg. 
There is strength to persevere when someone is with us. With us. It's, there's so much power in those words, isn't there? As I read through Matthew 1, 18 through 25, it's the sentence, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us, that stands out to me. The name Emmanuel appears three times in the Bible, twice in the Old Testament book of Isaiah in 714 and 88, and then once in Matthew 123. When it's mentioned in Isaiah, it's a sign that God will protect the house of David. Then 700 years later, a virgin from Nazareth named Mary was engaged to Joseph. Before they were married, an angel visited Joseph to confirm that Mary had conceived a child through the Holy Spirit. When the child was born, they were to name him Jesus. Matthew, understanding the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy, delivers this inspired revelation. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy because he was literally God with us. Jesus was fully human and yet fully God. Christ came to live in Israel with his people, as Isaiah had prophesied. Matthew recognized Jesus as Emmanuel, the living expression of the incarnation. Jesus was God with us, manifested in human flesh. God with us is such an amazing thought. All other religions teach that we must earn our way to God. Christianity is the only religion that, that teaches that God came to us. Jesus, Emmanuel, came to be God with us and became the perfect sacrifice that would appease God's judgment. Jesus came as a baby, lived as a man, and died on the cross so that we might be made holy in God's sight. The phrase, God with us, should have immense meaning to us because without Jesus coming to earth, we would still be lost and separated from God. The New Testament makes it clear that Jesus, God's Son, was the fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. He was the long-promised Emmanuel who was sent by God to save his people and usher in the new kingdom. Jesus came as the mediator between God and man, but also came to be our Redeemer, our Savior, and our friend. When God looked upon the sin-ravished world and saw our hopeless attempts at trying to make ourselves right with him, God did what we could never do. He came to us and saved us. When Christ came to earth, he literally became God with us. Today, as we look at the phrase God with us, I want to focus on three aspects of having God with us, as you might have heard in my illustrations. The reality of God with us should bring us comfort, encouragement, and the strength to persevere. My first point, the thought of having God with us should bring us comfort. As we heard in these verses today, Joseph was visited by an angel of the Lord to convince him to take Mary as his wife and not to quietly divorce her as was his plan. The angel said that Mary would bear a son and that he should call his name Jesus, for he would save his people from their sins. Now, while we may not realize the connection between the name Jesus and the phrase, save his people from their sins, Joseph would have. 
being familiar with the Hebrew language, Joseph would know that in Hebrew, the name Jesus or Yeshua means Yahweh is salvation or Yahweh saves. Jesus' very name meant that he came to bring salvation. Make no mistake, this is not a coincidence. This was all part of God's plan. From the very beginning, God's plan was to intervene and provide the salvation that humanity desperately needed. The Old Testament is filled with the buildup to this very moment when Jesus would be born. Prophets foretold this moment. Scripture points to this moment. God's people awaited this moment with great longing and anticipation. One of my favorite lyrics within one of my favorite Christmas songs is this. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. What an accurate and poetic picture of this moment when Jesus, God with us, appears on earth and suddenly there's hope. And this hope should bring us comfort. We don't have to be forever slave to our sin because God made a way. And that way was about to be born as a tiny and helpless baby in a manger. Also, God comforts us with his presence so that we can comfort others. 2 Corinthians 1.4 says that God comforts us in all our afflictions so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. God's comfort is given to us freely and it's meant to be shared with others. The famous evangelist Billy Graham once said this, God doesn't comfort us to make us comfortable, but to make us comforters. And now my next point, having God with us should bring us great encouragement. Joseph probably didn't have an easy life to begin with, right? But now his fiance is pregnant and is claiming that it's from God. I'm sure this didn't help Joseph's situation. No wonder he wants to divorce her. But in those days, an engagement like a marriage had to be broken legally. But then an angel appears to Joseph in a dream and confirms all that Mary had told him. The angel confirmed that this was God's doing and that the baby that Mary was carrying was going to be the savior of the world. I'm sure that this confirmation from the angel encouraged Joseph to go along with God's plan, even though it was not going to be easy. God was going to be with them in this endeavor. And that's what brings them the encouragement that they need to go on. Jesus says in John 16, 33, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus doesn't abandon us to our struggles. If we take into consideration that Jesus overcame the world by his birth, his death, and his resurrection, and that Jesus now lives within us, we can maintain the peace of Christ, even in the most troublesome of times. Jesus is greater than any trouble we'll face in this lifetime. Without encouragement, life would feel pointless and burdensome. Without encouragement, we can easily be, become overwhelmed by the real pains of our lives. Without encouragement, we might feel unloved. Without encouragement, we can begin to feel like God is a liar 
or is unconcerned with our welfare. But we don't have to feel that way because God does encourage us with his presence. And then we can use that encouragement from God to spur each other on. The Bible tells us to encourage one another, to remind each other of the truth that God loves us, that God equips us, that we are treasured in God's sight, and that our struggles are worth it. Encouragement from God and encouragement from the Bible gives us the will to carry on, especially when life gets tough. Encouragement from God gives us the strength to persevere, and that leads me to my final point. God with us should give us the strength to persevere. Joseph and Mary certainly didn't have it easy, but they were undoubtedly carried along by the fact that God was with them in this endeavor. The scripture shows that both Mary and Joseph carried out their parental duties faithfully and completed the tasks given to them by God. Obviously, they both believed what the angel said about who their son was going to be, the savior of the world. I'm sure when things were difficult, they often thought back to these angelic visitations that they received in their thoughts, and they received strength and and reassurance from them. You know, we can do this as well. When we face difficulties, we can revisit the, the seasons in our lives where we experience God's presence, and that strengthens us in our present difficulties. Also, as we read the Bible, we can revisit those scriptures that gives our spirit encouragement during the storms of our lives. Just like my friend's son who was able to manage a new personal record in the deadlift because he persevered while having others cheer him on, it should be easier for us to persevere when things get difficult because we know that God is with us. In Romans 5, 3 through 5, it says, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance or perseverance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God's love has been poured into our hearts. Just as Jesus came to be God with us, so he also gave us the Holy Spirit, which is literally God poured into our hearts. And it's that presence of God in our hearts that helps us to persevere, to persevere when times are hard and when life gets difficult. The presence of God in our hearts should help us persevere when life gets hard. In fact, it should help us so much that James says we should even consider it pure joy when we face trials. In James 1, 2 through 4, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Perseverance builds Christian character and maturity. And God will reward us for our perseverance by strengthening our hope, our resilience, and our assurance in troubled times. Our perseverance in difficult times is a sign that God is still with us and is working in our lives to make us more like Jesus. God with us gives us the power to persevere when times are hard. So you might be sitting here this morning thinking, great, 
Chris, how do we apply the concept of God with us to our life, to receive God's comfort and encouragement, and to persevere when life gets hard? It's a simple application, really. Read God's Word. Read your Bible. The Bible is where we can read stories of God's faithful presence in the lives of others, and it helps us to see where God is at work in our own lives. Through the Bible, we see what God is like, and that should bring us comfort and encouragement and strength to persevere. The Bible is the tool that God uses to speak to us. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Don't say God is silent with your Bible closed. And God provides another way to receive his comfort, his encouragement, and the strength to persevere. His church. God gives us each other. Look around you. The church is filled with brothers and sisters in Christ who are here to comfort you when you're hurting. Encourage you when you need it. And spur you on to persevere when life gets difficult. And if we're not doing that, then we're not doing church God's way. So I encourage you, go to church. Be an active part in your local church. If you're not a Christian, I'm sorry, if you are a Christian, you're placed here in this church to be God's hands and feet to the people around you. We are meant to encourage each other and build each other up in Christ. The theologian Williams Adam Brown once said, the church exists to train its members through the practice of the presence of God to be servants of others to the end that Christ's likeness may become common property. We are here for each other and we are here to become more like Christ. We're here to provide God's comfort and encouragement and the strength to persevere to each other. Today, maybe you're here this morning and you may not be entirely sure that God is with you. That's fair. Maybe you've, uh, you haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and you're still looking for ways to earn your way to God. Maybe you've been attending church for a while, or have been watching the service online, and you just haven't made a commitment to follow Jesus. Maybe you're still seeking him and wondering if he really does love you, and if he really does want to have a relationship with you. I'm here to tell you that he does love you and that he does want to have a relationship with you. This is precisely why God sent his only son to come to earth as a little baby, to live as a human, experiencing all of the pain and suffering that being a human in a fallen world has, in order to die as the perfect and sinless sacrifice for your sins. He went to all this trouble for you, he wants you to know that he is with you. If you want to experience the ultimate Christmas gift of having God with you, all you need to do is acknowledge that you're a sinner in need of saving and then trust Jesus as your Savior. It's that simple. God is offering you the ultimate Christmas gift himself. If you feel like God is calling you to trust in Jesus, please speak to myself or, or Jason or any of the other church leaders, and we'd be happy to walk you through the next steps. Don't miss this opportunity. To conclude today, I want to share with you a little bit about uh, the life of one of my favorite heroes of the faith. In the 1600s in France, 
there lived a simple and unassuming monk named Brother Lawrence. He didn't have a high position or even a great education, but his simple and deep devotion to God and his deep spiritual insights caused, uh, caught the attention of, of those around him, and soon people were seeking him out for spiritual advice. The letters and conversations that he had while he was living were recorded and compiled, and then after his death became the small Christian classic book, The Practice of the Presence of God. Even if you don't like reading, it's a very small book. This book is easily one of my favorite Christian books, and it's had a profound impact on my spiritual walk. If you haven't read this book, I, I would say please do so. It's, it's really good. It's really amazing. One of the things that Brother Lawrence expounds on in these writings is how he is able to live his life with the realization that God is always present, whether he's reading his Bible or sweeping the dining hall. In his book, he says these words, the most holy and necessary practice in our spiritual life is the presence of God. That means finding constant pleasure in his divine company, speaking humbly and lovingly with him in all seasons, at every moment, without limiting the conversation in any way. The time of business does not differ with me from the time of prayer, and in the noise and clatter of my kitchen, while several persons are at the same time calling for different things, I possess God in as great tranquility as if I were on my knees. Think often on God by day, by night, in your business, and even in your diversions. He is always near you and with you. Wouldn't it be amazing to be that fully aware of God's presence in your life, that you felt God's presence as, far, as powerfully on your knees in prayer as you did washing the dishes in the kitchen or taking out the rubbish? This is the beauty of God with us. And this concept was fully grasped by Brother Lawrence. And here's the amazing truth that you can take away with you this morning. God's presence is this attainable. God is with us. This is what Christmas is all about. Jesus, Yeshua, whose name translates as the one who saves, came to be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. From the moment Jesus was born, God's presence stepped into our broken world and provided a way for us to restore our true relationship with God. Because of Christ's death and resurrection, we can truly receive the gift of God with us. Not just with us as a friend who walks beside us, although he indeed does that, but God with us as in he comes to live inside us, giving us strength in place of weakness, courage in place of fear, and comfort in the dark places of our lives. Because of Jesus Emmanuel, we never have to be alone. We never have to wonder how to please God or worry that our efforts aren't enough. We can simply rest knowing that he is with us, that he is in us, that he loves us, and that he will never leave us. I'll leave you today with a few words from a, a book called Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland. In this book, he says, Jesus Christ is closer to you today than he was to the sinners and sufferers he spoke with and touched in his earthly ministry. 
Through his spirit, Christ's own heart envelops his people with an embrace nearer and tighter than any physical embrace could ever achieve. This Christmas, may we all enjoy the gift of Emmanuel, God with us, because he is with us. Amen? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to be God with us. Thank you for the comfort, the encouragement, and the strength to persevere that you provide to us by your holy presence. Help us to focus on you today. Help us to remember that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for the reminder that both in seasons of celebration and in seasons of brokenness, you are still with us. Thank you for your daily presence in our lives and help us to be aware of your presence in each moment. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.